Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We are live yeah, from yeah. the Spectrum Center for Hornets Media Day. Maybe in the beginning of the Hornets season where all the hope is there, all the positivity. Hope we floats, can baby. provide some kind of distraction during all of the pain that you felt during the Carolina Panthers season to this point over a quarter of the way, almost, I should say, a quarter of the way through with the 17-game season. Now we are through four games, and the Panthers have still not recorded their first win. We will be alternating back and forth on some Carolina Panthers discussion as well as bringing you a ton of prominent figures in the Hornets organization here today. Steve Clifford set to join the show in just about 15 minutes. We'll have Mark Williams on with us at 1.50. Even before that, I should say, Terry Rozier going to be hopping on with us at 1.30. And then Brandon Miller, the second overall pick, the rookie for this team, he'll be hopping on with us at 2.20 later on. We want to hear from you about the Panthers' pain, about the Hornets' hope. Maybe there's some Hornets' pain as well, but let's at least wait a little bit. What One painful team at a time, though. Like Let's, let's wait. We can focus on the Panthers with that frustrating part, and then maybe before the season even starts, we can have some joy about what Charlotte will be putting out there on the basketball court. Again, text us, 704-570-9610. I say we hit the ground running here. Wes, we don't have a lot of time before Steve Clifford joins us in about 10 minutes. So let's hit the ground running, getting off the bus, talking about the Panthers. Go ahead, Fiddy, open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Wes, it's bad. It's, it's bad, my man. Panthers, they lose 21-13, to 0-4 on the season. Despite Kirk Cousins being held in check for the first time this year, 139 yards passing for Kirk Cousins. A couple of interceptions. Not a good QBR. You're enjoying as you're reading those stats, no. aren't you? Uh, no, they didn't get the win. <laughs> what, about, how, what, what is there to take joy in? What is there to take joy in with this? The ground game got going a little bit with Alexander Madison. 17 carries for 95 yards. But even still, those offensive numbers, you would expect the Panthers to maybe pull out a victory if you limit the Vikings to 21 points. The Panthers get a defensive touchdown. Hopefully this was the breakout game for the offense. West, they score six points. The Panthers' offense accounts for six points in its entirety. 200 yards for Bryce Young. More struggles on that side of the ball. I give you the platform. What's your biggest takeaway after a no 4 start? I mean, it's just that this offense has been an abomination. In the words of Stephen A. Smith, when you look at Frank Reich and why he was brought in here and all the coaches that we heard about, we heard about Jim Caldwell. We heard uh, about, uh, what's my man, Josh McCown coming in as well. And we heard about just how this offense and the masterminds behind it were tailor-made to help Bryce Young thrive in his rookie year, and we brought into it. We definitely sipped the Kool-Aid as well. We are not without fault here, but this offense just, Andy Dalton was the worst thing that could have happened to Bryce Young this season. We were talking about that preseason, because, or pre-show, because he comes in and he throws for over 300 yards. He's throwing it all over the yard, and the offense is scoring some points, and it looks like, as I said, how does it look to the fans? If teams lose in shootouts, fans are more 
okay with yeah. the losses because it looks fun. It looks good to the eye to see a team scoring over 24 points, 27 points, 30, whatever way you want to go. And so this season, it's pretty much been a everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Panthers. People are questioning uh, Bryce Young, especially now. We just talked about Eddie Dalton. Now with C.J. Stroud, his draft base with which he will be linked to the rest of his career. C.J. Stroud is playing fantastic, and Houston's winning football games. They had a big upset of Pittsburgh yesterday. Nobody saw it coming. The Colts, they're competing. You saw them bounce back, come back against the Rams yesterday. They didn't get the job done, but they're still competing. Those fans have hope. Those fans are excited about what they've seen. And with Bryce Young... We knew he played the cerebral game. It wasn't going to be a lot of flash and a lot of substance. But we're not getting a lot of that substance, and that's what I take the most right now. Uh, Bryce Young is leaving a little bit to be desired, but mostly just this offense as a whole, man. You have no hope in them when they take the field that they're going to do anything to threaten another team. Wes, we talked about this scenario coming in, man. We talked about them possibly going 0-6 if they were not able to get the job done in this game against Minnesota. Now here they are, only scoring 13 points. The next two games are going to be on the road, one against Detroit, one against Miami. Both teams looking very good, despite Miami getting beat up pretty badly this weekend. Miami's still a very talented football team. So Detroit, Miami, those are the two next games up. And then you thought you were going to get some solace with the Texans. Yeah. You nope. thought you were going to have an easier stretch. Houston came out. They won two games in a row, one against Jacksonville, who they got back on track this weekend, one against Pittsburgh, who has among the best pass-rushing duos in all of football. And that Texans defense, led by D'Amico Ryans, led by Will Anderson, the rookie that they traded up for after picking C.J. Stroud, they held Pittsburgh to six points. Yeah, Pittsburgh's offense hasn't looked good, but Houston made damn sure of that this weekend. Houston is not going to be an easy out. In fact, now they're looking at Carolina, just like every other team, as an easy out. Wes, I am not one that wants to come in after any game we watch over the weekend and say, guys, it's now time to panic. But, man, what am I supposed to do? Where's the hope at right now? Like, we got a game against the Lions and the Dolphins. It looks like we're going to go 0-6, possibly 0-7, before you get some kind of easier game against the Colts. But they played the Rams pretty well this weekend, too, after the Rams got off to a big old lead. So then we look at this offense. We thought this might be the game for Bryce Young. After missing one against Seattle, they score six points. Bryce Young, he coughs up the ball in a crucial moment, and they can't even lead to a touchdown. Not one touchdown scored. There are a bunch of different plays we can go into. The play calling is a real issue. They're throwing a bunch of screen passes. When you want to run the football, you can't go with the highest paid running back this offseason because he's been running soft compared to Chuba Hubbard. And even, LaVisca, even LaVisca, who got the first hand uh, handoff in this game, where am I supposed to point to and say that's the reason I believe in this offense going forward? I can't find it. Wes. No, you don't have it, and that's the thing that you talked about. And that's the thing about the NFL. That's why I don't try to get too ahead of myself when it comes to the NFL because you just don't know from year to year. The NFL is such a year-to-year -year league. Yes, there are some teams at the top that you can point to and say that those teams are going to be good. But just like you said, we thought preseason that the Texans were going to be an easy out. We thought that the Colts were going to be an easy out. And now we see that 
they're going to be heavy favorites in these games. And that's just how much fortunes can change. And so now, like I said, it's just insult to injury. Everything that has gone on this season, you know Bryce is feeling the pressure. We've got textures like 803 and 803 numbers say, can we stop blaming the weapons around? Bryce Dalton had the same weapons and managed 27 on the road in a hostile environment. That is the space that Carolina fans are in at this point. It's just looking and you don't believe in much of anything. And we talked about it now where you read that they're in the market to try to trade for a number one wide receiver, but now you really can't afford to let any assets go at this point with as many holes as it looks like that you need to fill offensively as well as on the defensive side of the ball too. Yeah, we got the report this weekend that the Panthers and Scott Fitterer might be in the market to trade for a wide receiver, but I don't want to give anything up right now. Not a draft pick. Can't. Not a draft pick. We'll see how it all goes. Hopefully the Panthers can get some kind of offensive game plan going that doesn't make you wanting to pull your hair out during the weekend. We'll see what they can do the rest of the season. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We will keep you updated on all of our Panthers thoughts. Don't worry about that, but we'll switch gears. We'll come back here at the Spectrum Center with Steve Clifford, your head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, getting ready for the 2023-2024 season. Steve Clifford set to join us after the break. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. As we mentioned, live at the Spectrum Center for Charlotte Hornets Media Day. And who better to help us talk about it a little bit more so via technically still the Body Works Plus guest hotline. It's Coach Steve Clifford joining us on Wesson Walker. Coach, thanks so much for the time. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. What What are your feelings generally surrounding Media Day? Like, does it mark the real start to the season? Are you a little reluctant to come into these media days with all the questions, or are you excited? What are your feelings around this point of uh, the season? I think for most coaches, this is the this is the funnest month, you mm. know, um, especially now, to be honest, where, as you guys know, you know, we don't practice once the game starts like we used to. Um, this is your chance to, you know, really set a tone for the year. And if you want to have good practices and – develop good practice habits it needs to be done in this next you know we have 22 days before we play so it's uh, a lot of planning over the over the months our guys have done a lot of work i feel like we're in a good place but no it's exciting to get started what would you say is the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team when you reflect on the off season well obviously we're in i mean uh we're more talented. I mean, you know, just my, having Miles back, picking up Brandon Miller, knowing that Mark Williams goes from being a guy with potential to a guy that I would say is ready to be a good starter, good solid starter. Uh, Nick Richards' development last year, where he's definitely, in my opinion, an every night rotation player. Um, and, uh, 
you know, then just, you know, health and continuity always helps. I mean, you know, we're, you know, uh, we just had September where we do the optional workout. So we were able to do eight and, uh, you know, we got a lot more done this year than we did last year. And coach, so when you look at this team now, where are you at in the process? Because so many young guys, 25 and under, really the biggest star on your team is 22 years old. Where are you at in the process with these guys as far as how much you have to teach and then how much you can just kind of tweak things? No, that's a good question, and I think that's part of the trick as we go through this next 22 days. I know, I do know this. One of the hardest things that you want to get to uh, early in the year, no matter uh, how many years you coach somebody, is you have to start from the beginning and you have to build a foundation. And part of it also, especially a year when you didn't play in the playoffs and the off season is so long, is They've got to get their intensity back and their concentration back. You know, you can't. That's not something that you just show up and it goes. You know, I mean, it's it, interesting as a as a parallel to that. You know, I'm a I'm a poor golfer, but I love golf. You know, watch the Ryder Cup, and to me, that was so much just about readiness. You know, our guys hadn't been playing. You know, they show up in the first the first segment. The European guys had been playing, and it's four zero. And that was game over right there. And the NBC, NBA season is the same way. Regardless of how good a player you are, you've got to get yourself in the right frame of mind to play well. Uh, so besides the, the fundamental schemes, coverages, all that stuff, that's a big part of it also. And then, Coach, uh, Miles Bridges coming back. How has he assimilated himself back with this basketball team? And what have you seen from him so far? Any rust or does he look like he's ready to step back out and pick up where he left off? He looks a lot better to me, and again, all we've done is optional stuff, but they've played a lot of pickup. He does, he, I told him the other day, he's much more in rhythm than I could have hoped for. Uh, he obviously did a lot of work last year, stayed in the gym. He hasn't played a lot, but since he's been back, he's, uh, he's been in here nonstop. Uh, I think he's given everybody a jolt of confidence and energy. Uh, he's shown what a great teammate that he is and hard worker. And, uh, no, I would say that, again, we've got to figure out how to navigate this training camp, you know, first 10 games without him, and keep him going so that he can hit it running. But, you know, he's in a good place. That's what I was going to ask about. How does that change your ability to get ready for the opener? Because, as you mentioned, clearly more talented with Miles on the roster. But he's not available for the first 10 games. And then you got to talk about him having not played for a year, trying to get him integrated back into the system, get in real game rhythm. How does that change the way that you get ready for the season with guys filling in for those first 10 games and beyond? No, and I think that's the trick. And I think all you can do, to be honest, is watch. You know, watch him, watch them. Uh, you know, the one thing that I believe in, this is the Van Gundy way, the Riley way. You know, we, we play a ton in training camp, probably more than I'm sure Tibbs does. Um, but people always think of the way we would do it as more structured. And, you know, the best way to get guys in tension and rhythm is run up and down the floor. So, you know, we'll start this first five. We'll take we'll go five days before we before we take a day off. And the majority of every day will be scrimmaging. And so, you know, we bring in refs and we play live. And that will give us a good... Uh, you know, amount of minutes to put different combinations out there, see who looks good with who, and then kind of evaluate that and try to make the best decision from there. You talked about 
putting the basketball out there, letting the guys run a lot. How has Brandon Miller responded to that? Because I know you talked about him having a a high IQ. Do you expect Brandon Miller to contribute in a pretty significant way from day one? Yes. Um, He's been, uh, I would say, everything that I thought he could be. Uh, High IQ, which is really become more and more difficult to find out of the college ranks. Super high IQ. They like playing with him already. When he's open, he shoots it. When he's not, he moves it. He knows how to play without the ball. He can really pass. um, And he plays at both ends of the floor. So, I mean, he's going to get big minutes. I mean, now, again, as you know, I know I always get the knock he doesn't play younger guys, which I would argue if you look at it, it's not really true, right? I do say I've always played the younger guys who deserve to play. Yeah. And I do think and he will he will be one of those guys. But I also think that what people don't understand is when you think you have somebody who's gonna be a big part of things, and especially see I think we have a playoff type roster, is you've also have to pace them in a way so that when you get with these younger guys to game 70 to 82 to the playoffs, that they've got a lot left. So that's part of the trick with him, too. But he's been uh, nah, he's he's been terrific. And then, Coach, we know defense is your M.O. When they brought you in here, that was one of the main things they wanted you to be able to fix this defense. Finished last season 20th in defensive <laughs> rating. But with Mark Williams and, and some of the guys starting to grow in your system, where do you feel that these guys are at from a defensive standpoint? No, I thought we made, you know, we made good gains. And, um, you know, we struggled early. And one of the things that Mark did was, um, you know, his rim protection, also Nick Richards' rim protection. And we also got we got a lot better controlling the ball. And in today's NBA, uh, five out, you know, four out, one in, all the skill on the floor is you can't get rocked off the dribble all the time. And our numbers early in the year with our individual defense were really bad. And by the last 20 games of the year, they were actually very good. So Mark was part of that. Nick was part of it. But, you know, our veteran guys, so like Terry Rozier's individual defensive numbers at the end of the year before he set out were really, really good. Um, P.J. Washington's numbers got to be really good. And, uh, you know, we need it from everybody. If you're a guy now that can't guard the guy you're guarding a little bit, you know, you better be 25 a night. And there's not many guys like that. And talking about guys that can do that, Cody Moore and the news came out still going to be a little bit before we get to see him. And I know a guy like yourself, I know he's got to be one of your favorite players, 3 and D type of guy. So how excited will you be to get him back and how much longer do you think it will be? Yeah, I don't know what the timeline will be. He did, uh, you know, he's on the floor. He's doing a lot of rehab. He does a lot of individual work. And he felt uh, a lot better here in these past few days. And it was good to see. So... Fingers crossed he'd make a big difference for our team, and the sooner the better. You know, what do they say, uh, hope for the best and plan for the worst. So we have plan B, but certainly if he can play, he can make a big difference. No, you're a busy man on Hornets Media Day. did have a couple more questions for you. You mentioned the absence of Cody Martin, unfortunate there. Kai Jones obviously not practicing with the team not right now. Team released a statement. He's not going to be here for Media Day and not going to be there for training camp. I know you didn't have a comment the first time except for some of the reasons as to why he'd be absent. My question is, how is the team responding to his absence during everything that's going on with Kai Jones right now? 
Yeah, I, you know, we're just going to stick with the, the statement that the team came out with and, and just leave it at that. So if you look at the offseason for some of these other young players, you've talked a lot about the importance of having a good summer for guys that are willing to take or ready to take that next step. Any young player on the roster that you think had a really nice summer when you think about it? Uh, Nick Richards will be at the top of that. JT Thor good. had a really good offseason. Uh, Bryce McGowan's. Uh, I think particularly, you know, he wasn't happy with the, pl- the way he played in Summer League, but I think from Summer League on, had a really good offseason. Um, you know, Nick Smith is, you know, he was here only is shorter, but he's a terrific worker and he has a bright future. So, yeah, I, you know what? Most of our guys, like in September, we have eight optional workouts and they will all move back by then, which you don't get a lot in the NBA. So we have a lot of guys that put a lot into this. Coach, when you look at this roster now with Miles coming back, you draft Brandon Miller and also just the injury bug along guys hopefully staying healthy. This team a couple of years ago was a playing team back-to-back seasons. Do you feel like that you're getting back on that trajectory where you guys can kind of aim for the playoffs? How far? What What do you feel like needs to happen for that to happen now that you've got everybody back and ready to go? Yeah, and in, in, in addition to that, I would say this. Gordon Hayward has been had a great September and this was the first offseason since he's been a hornet where he didn't have to rehab all summer so he was healthy to start and he looks great I mean I would say that looking at it and they were also both healthy but when they've played more five on five so far you know he and Terry have been the best players you know so uh, which to me is a good thing you know they both had good summers and are ready to go to me I would say that you know, this will be, they told me this morning, this will be my 10th year as a head coach. And in terms of just talent, talent, you know, this will be the most talented team that I've coached. Now, we're young. Mm-hmm. And I would also say this, even compared to two years ago, the East is a lot, lot different than it was two years ago. Uh, you don't have, those were years where you had four or five teams not trying to win, right? So those playoff type things are going to be there. I, I, I look at our team and I say, um, we've got to navigate that first, say, 20 games where we can get through the 10 without miles and then figure out how to integrate him back into it. Health is a big part for everybody. Hopefully we get you know, a little bit more fortunate with the health part this year. But I see no reason why we can't be a playoff team. Final question for you, Coach. Speaking of health, LaMelo battled injuries all season long. One, how's he looking right now? How is he looking to get ready for the upcoming season? And I know you talked about him improving defensively this year in a quote, I believe, with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer. How much do you expect him to be better both offensively and defensively? Well, he's done a great job this summer. You know, he had a significant injury. As we start camp here, he's been cleared. Um, You know, he's been playing live five on five. We are going to be, like we would with everybody else, you know, careful just to make sure we don't, overdo it um but he's worked hard all summer in terms of his play i'll give you this one and i'm and i i know three of them but i believe that last year with a sample size of just under 200 minutes mark with pj with mellow with i believe terry they were like the second bet with whoever else was on the floor they were like the second best defensive group in the nba so when people say Melo can't, he got improved. He listen. He improved greatly last year defensively, and when you watch him in September, 
you know, doing the drills and being detailed about things and wanting to know what we need to do, he's really gotten a lot better. And then the, the part to me for him, and this is for him to be a superstar, and I've talked to him about this since I got here, he needs a pick-and-roll game. I mean, you know, if you look at all the great perimeter players, they're either great ISO players, I'm, I'm talking about to be great now, or they're great pick-and-roll players, and he needs to play in more pick-and-rolls, which was our plan last year, just the injuries curtailed it. And then the, he's worked really hard this summer with Marlon Garnett on that, that, that phase of his game. And uh, when he was younger, he did a lot of good things. You know, the crunch time stuff was a little bit up in the air. And to me, that's pick-and-rolls. You know, last five minutes of an NBA game, watch every playoff game. It's a pick-and-roll or an ISO. That's it. You put your best player out there. People are not moving around anymore. you got to get to it. And that's what I tell him. we got to get to the point where we need a basket. It's your game. It's a pick-and-roll. And we score. So... I think those are the things that he's got to concentrate most on. That's great stuff from Coach Steve Clifford of your Charlotte Hornets here at the Spectrum Center for Hornets Media Day. We'll keep you covered all day long. Coach, thank you so much for the time. We really thank appreciate you, Coach. it. Thank you. Good to see you guys. All right. Good to see you, too. All right. So a lot of great stuff there. We can rehash some of those comments, some of the answers from Coach Clifford in just a moment. We'll continue with some Carolina Panthers conversation in just here and in, uh, in a little bit. Big thanks to Steve Clifford. We'll put that interview on our website, WFNZ. Dot com. You want to go back to the Panthers, or do you think people want to hear more Hornets talk? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? We can rehash a little bit of what Coach just said you, since he was just on the <laughs> just on the set. Yeah, I mean, you can text us. I re- it, it's interesting to see what the audience wants. Do they want us to just chastise the Panthers for the offensive performance <laughs> again? Do we want to focus? I know on they want hope? to hear what we got to say. Do we want to focus on hope? I think we saved the best for last with Lamelo. I will say that. Yes. We just want to hone in there just a little bit. Lamelo pick and roll game, half court set when the offense bogs down. I think he's totally right about that. You talk about Mark Williams growing offensively. You know that center pick and roll exchange, him diving to the rim, being taller than everyone with some athleticism. That'll be a lot of fun. But Wes, he even talked about it in that Charlotte Observer article, running pick and roll with perimeter players, having Miles Bridges back, a strong dude that can get downhill and slam it on you for a lob. That's going to help a lot with his PNR decision-making and just overall playmaking because his job should be easier. Really like that answer. Anything that sticks out to you from what Coach Clifford said? Uh, just him talking about the youth on this team and where they're at in their development. Can he do more, you know, just kind of, tweaking and, and coaching instead of having to teach all of the time and uh, guys not getting down basic things. That's the thing because there is a lot of talent here uh, on this roster. You know, when you look at it with Miles coming back, with the addition of Brandon Miller, and we saw uh, some good flashes from him during the summer league. So there's a lot to like about this roster when you talk about the youth and uh, everything that's there. But this could be a team that if they do focus, because we know a couple of years ago when they were on that plus excuse me, 10 win per uh, trajectory that that was the main thing on the nights when they played defense they could compete with anyone but it was just that it wasn't consistent the defensive effort and so I think with this team it's a matter of that because I feel like that this team isn't going to have a ton of problems scoring uh, I feel like they've got shooting they've got guys that can go out and get you 20 you got guys that you can rely on and give them the basketball and say give me a bucket it's just going to come down do you want to play defense because we hear coaches all the time talk about defense is all about want and attitude and that's the thing is this team going to take that attitude that they want to play defense well and and i know as we joke about what we should talk about here because we're going to get to some carolina conversation i don't know how much of it is a joke 
I don't know how much of it is serious. People writing in on the text line that they want to hear about college football or the Charlotte Hornets. College football in the Carolinas wasn't much better this weekend, by the way. <laughs> a lot of losses suffered yeah, by college. And a lot of teams off. Yep, 100%. North Carolina, the Tar Heels not playing either. But there are people that just want to hear a little bit more about the Charlotte Hornets this upcoming season. If you look at it from a Charlotte sports fan perspective, we were promised a lot. I was promising. I was part of the problem in thinking that this Panthers team, especially offensively with this coaching staff, with Bryce Young, who you and I both really liked yes. at that number one overall selection, we, did. we didn't expect it to be this bad. And even if you were 0-4, no, I don't think people would accept that as much. But it's the way it's looked, too. Mm-hmm. It's the way that they are just not moving the ball offensively. They scored six points, Wes. Scored six. And now this is how bad it is. I don't think the Hornets are going to be as bad as they were last season. So much bad injury luck. LaMelo playing 36 games total. It's not going to be that bad, hopefully. I'm knocking on wood, but hopefully. But now it's because, I mean, where is your salvation? Where can you go? Professionally, you just can't really go. Even Charlotte FC is going to find a way to lose a game if they're tied. You just can't go anywhere right now. Hopefully the Hornets can provide that. Steve Clifford had some hope with your star in LaMelo Ball with some of these guys. Called it the most talented team. We thought this offseason was going to look a lot different for Carolina, and now people are texting in that they want to move on and talk about the Charlotte Hornets. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's very funny that you bring up how it looks, and we talk about that all the time. When you look at a couple of years ago when the Hornets were uh, in Borrego's last season, yes, they necessarily didn't have a winning record, but they were fun to watch, and that's why people were coming out, and that's why people were excited. How does it look? You're getting dunks. You're getting fancy plays every night. You're getting down to the wire finishes even if they don't complete it, and that's the thing, and so that's the thing that excites you a little bit about this Hornets team is you've got Miles back. We know the highlights that Miles and LaMelo used to make. Uh, Brandon Miller's in the house now. We know the highlights that he's capable of. It's going to look fun if the Hornets are able to stay healthy. That's the thing. I think fans are going to enjoy the product. They yeah. may not be an Eastern Conference contender, but fans are going to enjoy watching the product. And that's the thing with the Panthers right now. Not only are you losing, people can accept if uh, the product is fun to watch, you being a couple of plays here or there from winning and being a real contender. Yeah, and it's just not happening with Bryce. And what makes it hurt, what makes it hurt all the more is that you watch Houston You watch C.J. Stroud Mm -hmm. get that big old victory against Pittsburgh, who even if they have struggles, you see Houston hold them to six points, but I'd argue that's not exactly the reason as to why Texans fans are excited. It's because the second overall pick in the draft is having as hot a start as a lot of rookie quarterbacks that have gone on to be successful in the league. Dude ain't throwing an interception yet, and he's throwing downfield. He's throwing for real total yards. Anthony Richardson, man, it looked like it was about to be real bad at the beginning of that game. Rams, they got off to a 17 to nothing lead against the Colts. Okay, maybe we can have some solace in the fact that the fourth overall pick did not look good after he came back from injury. Nope. Richardson brings his team back, and it's a late touchdown to Puka Nakua, also a rookie, by the way, yeah. who helps the Rams win that game. Richardson looks pretty good. Problems? 
for sure, mm-hmm. but looks pretty good. Not a ton of problems for C.J. Stroud. And then did you see the, the the ownership and the swag, the juice that he brings to Houston? Did you hear the post-game comments? Yeah. And he said, I want the fans walking around with the swag. said all the Steelers fans showed up, and we told them to go home. We sent them home with an L. You know who used to talk like that around here? was Cam Newton. Cam Newton was one of the main guys. Like, listen, this is our stadium. This is what we want. This is the swagger we're bringing. So, yeah, it, it, it's an uphill battle for Bryson. I'm not definitely giving up on him sure. uh, at all just yet. But uh, the pressure, man, that's what sports is all about. It's all about pressure, and it's a lot of pressure on Bryce Young in this city right now. Yeah, I mean, Amit wrote in on the text line, the Stroud yards per attempt are 10.2. Bryce threw three games. It's at 4.3. You did have Myron Goodman write in. and uh, Oh, excuse me, it's Moose who wrote in. Moose said, any of the QBs would be struggling like Bryce, LOL. It's the coaching and everything else. Last thing we can say before we move on. Yeah, it, there's there's no one party to point at and say they deserve all the blame. I I don't know how good C.J. Stroud would look in this offense right now. The offensive line is that bad. A lot of people had a problem with the play calling. It's not good. I'm not telling you that it's Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan out there. You and I were talking about it, though, before we hopped on the mic, Wes. Frank Reich was calling plays like he was scared to death of his offensive line. Right. He was calling a ton of screens against a team that loves to blitz, and you can't even handle the pressure if they're rushing four, let alone sending extra dudes at you. And what they did was they called a lot of screen plays. They didn't throw many deep passes. The one they did, there was a penalty, and then so that helped them. But they just weren't calling a ton of deep plays, and they were scared to death of their OL. I get it. It's a hard situation. But even still, as the head coach, it doesn't look any better. we got to wrap it up. we got to come back. We'll have Sam Farber on the other side of the break. Weston Walker live at the Spectrum Center for Hornets Media Day, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, live from the Spectrum Center, Hornets Media Day. It's that time of the year. NBA is right around the corner. And we've got yet another guest on the Body Works Plus guest hotline sitting right in front of us. You know him. You love him. Sam Farber, Hornets radio play-by-play voice. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sam Farber Live. Sam, I know you're excited. I see the smile on your face. You are bobbing to the Tribe Call Quest. You are ready <laughs> to go. The vibes are ready, man. Yes, you are ready to go. I am pumped. This is a great, exciting day. It's been too long of a summer. I'm thrilled to be getting it going. We're about a week away from the tip-off of preseason, roughly three weeks away from the regular season, October 25th here at Spectrum Center against the Hawks. I can't wait. It's going to be a great season. So, Sam, what is the number one thing that you're most excited about? Because I know you have so many, and I know this is going to be hard for you, but what's the number one thing you're most excited about this Hornets team coming into this season? You're right. There is a lot to be excited about. But number one for me is seeing the latest iteration of LaMelo Ball. I think that he has just taken every... Every single step that you could 
imagine your wildest dreams, what he would look like from rookie of the year to an all-star. Even last year with all the injuries, he clearly had improved in his shot-making ability and his assist numbers. Everything was going up, and it's just the injuries took him out of so many games. So I'm excited to see, particularly if we get a 75-game sample size of LaMelo Ball this year with all the other parts around him, what can he do? Can he average a double-double and something like a 25-point, 10-assist double-double? Is he able to take that kind of step, and what will the Hornets do in turn with him? Not saying that they have to have those kind of numbers from him to be successful, but I think he's capable of doing that. So I'm, I'm giddy thinking about what he's going to look like out there. And I know last year there were good moments that were had during the season, of course, but now you've got Miles back into the fold. Now you've got Brandon Miller along with LaMelo Ball. You know the type of magic that these guys can make. So in your broadcaster training, did you have to get your voice ready to go to different octaves for when some of these really big-time exciting plays happen? You know, I, I don't reach the same kind of peaks as Willie P does. I don't, I don't have that that vocal range, I guess, in my repertoire. And uh, Eric Collins, he, he is the master. You know, he, he has all the excitement. I, I can get up for these kinds of moments, too. Um, but we'll see how, how much I stretch my vocal cords. I like to leave a little something for when the Hornets inevitably win a championship. Got you. Have that parade down Mittenmore. And I want, I want to be ready for that moment and have something to go to. I'm ready for it. I'm absolutely ready for that. I did want to know, do you have a call in waiting? Because we just got the announcement 30 minutes ago that the Hornets are launching a jersey patch partnership with YouTube and social media sensation Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast. and the Feastables chocolate bar. That is his line. It's now we actually see the advertisements going around Spectrum Center as we speak. Do you have a chocolate call ready to go this season? Do you have anything for Feastables? Are you working on? I got to work on something. Okay. I got to say the the Jersey Patch. It looks seamless. Like th- this is just when a marriage between a, a partner and a team's existing colors, which are beloved and renowned throughout the NBA and throughout mm-hmm. the country, and it just looks like they were always supposed to be together. So this is a perfect fit. We're excited to have Mr. Beast and Feastables be a part of this great organization and uh, definitely have a few extra candy bars floating around the office. There you the go. Have to try one. Hopefully they come my way as well. Uh, we got the, and speaking of seamless transition, you're talking about a little light blue in there, a little yep. purple. Mm-hmm. So the color scheme, it fits perfectly. I do have to ask you this. If we were to describe one of the players on the roster as Mr. Beast, would it have to be LaMelo? Oh, nice. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, because LaMelo's the star, right? Is there anybody else that fits the Mr. Beast moniker as well as LaMelo for this squad? Ooh, you know, he's, he's got all the swag and everything with him, too. I think I, I think he might fit in there attitude-wise. Yeah. You know, that ability to attack the basket. Maybe you got Miles Bridges in there. What do you think? I was thinking Mark Williams. Mark okay, Williams so hear me out. If, if we got, like... This dude, it's not necessarily the crazy, fiery personality, although he squares up if you need him to. But protecting the rim, defensive mentality, you ain't making wingspans like Mark Williams. No. So just having that as a beastly Only nature. Only in video games. Yeah, let's, all right, so maybe Mark Williams is that. What are your thoughts on Mark Williams and his sophomore campaign? I, I love it. I don't, the, the only hesitation on the Mr. Beast is he, he is just the nicest yeah, guy Yeah, it's true. In the the personality doesn't fit as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and he'll go out there, like you say, he's, he's emotional, he's fiery, but he's also someone that you would entrust your child to. Be like, here, go hang out with Mark for yep. the day because he's, he's just the nicest guy in the world. But, yeah, I, I like it. I'm, I'm excited for year two with him. He 
didn't get as much time with the normal core. I think after the trade of Mason Plumley, the expectation was he would step in and get a 30-game run, hopefully. Unfortunately, with injuries and whatnot, it was limited more to 15 to 20. Um, but I'm excited to see what, what he can bring to the table. That, that, I think, is one of the real key positions from this team because we've at least seen every other group get 60, 70 game sample size out of them. The center room, we really don't know. Both Nick Richards and Mark Williams are taking a step up, and all the signs are there that they're going to take this position to another level for the team, but you still have to do it in actuality. So that's one of the maybe question marks coming into not just this camp, but the season. There's Mr. Beast right here. Oh, yeah, we got him. Colin, on the spot. Came through, huh? We'll have to do a review of these. Live taste test? Yeah, 100%. We can do that. We can do that a little bit. Uh, Speaking of of taste test. Wow. Hold on. Just saw that rapper. (laughs) Sam. What do you got? Sam. Are you going to reference uh, the D's Nuts flavor of Mr. Beats Feastables <laughs> on the broadcast at all this season? Way, way to throw that at me uh, right on, online. Oh, there. we got you. Oh, it's Sam, I'm day. going to. I can't wait. We have to cut the sound when you have to include that and talk about the flavors. I, I'm like Ron Burgundy. Whatever we, the copy says, Sam, I got to read right? <laughs> Sam, I'm sorry. Your main responsibility now is I understand if you can't do it, plus you're in partnership with us. We got to hover over the dump button as well. Can we get this to Eric Collins at somehow, too? <laughs> Like, just get this candy bar to Eric Collins, and somebody needs to integrate this into a call because that's hilarious. Yeah, try them today. Yeah, these nuts. We'll send it up the chain. We'll send up the food chain. Okay, Uh, there you go. Yeah, and so, Sam, when you look at this team, and I know NBA is not much about division championships and things of that nature, but this division is not stacked with insurmountable teams. You look at Miami, they didn't end up getting Damian Lillard in that trade. So how do you see the Hornets as far as if they are together and they health stays in their favor. Where do you see them stacking up in their division and then in the Eastern Conference? Well, I do think this division is more open than maybe it otherwise would have been. Clearly there was a linkage of an all-star player to a team that has had so much postseason success that it would have made them a juggernaut. They're still, Miami, a very formidable opponent who's run this division for a long time. But I, I think it's open. When you look at Miami, it's a team that for all of the amazing runs that they have had, multiple now, in the postseason, they've not always been the strongest regular season team. Sometimes that's injury, sometimes that's building continuity. They've made some significant changes to their rotation. So what are they going to look like for the entirety of the 82-game season? Can they be caught? Uh, Washington's going through some rebuilding. Atlanta gave up, a, or didn't give up, but traded away a major piece in John Collins. So I think there is an opportunity here for the Hornets, if they can get off to a good start and really build this thing up, to maybe surprise the league, but not necessarily surprise themselves. They have high expectations. I do think as you look across the other divisions, this one doesn't have as big of a juggernaut as, say, Milwaukee in the Central or, uh, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors out in the Pacific or Denver, certainly. You know, there, there are other divisions that have that major power, and maybe the Southeast is a little more open than it may otherwise have been. And then when you look at Brandon Miller coming into his rookie season, is this kind of the perfect situation for him because of the pressure of what Wimby could do in San Antonio? Him coming in with a lot of great veteran players that will be playing in front of him, him probably being able to come off the bench and ease himself into the NBA game. Do you feel like that this is a perfect situation for him to come in and eventually just continue to stack and get better as the year unfolds? 100%. I, I think, you know, when you see someone draft in the top three, oftentimes it's a rebuilding situation. 
than something like Victor Wembanyama to San Antonio, where you know he's going to get whatever minutes, whatever shots they think he is ready for and needs to get for his long-term development. Uh, similarly, you know, Scoot Henderson in Portland right now, things have kind of cleared for him at the point guard position. He's going to get in all likelihood, whatever minutes. Here, it's not so much that Brandon Miller's blocked, but there is competition, and that's good. You want players to be ascending and learning from great guys who have been an all-star at their position or in that general vicinity in the past. And I liken it to what we saw from Boston as they made their transition to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Those two didn't come in and immediately start getting minutes, even though they were both top three picks, because there were other all-stars around, either playing their position or next to them. There was someone else to take those shots and allowed them to grow into the players they inevitably became. Do I think they still would have gotten there had they been given the ball and the keys you know, day one? Absolutely, because they're tremendous players, and I believe that for Brandon Miller as well. But much like when we saw for LaMelo Ball, having to earn it, going through Devontae Graham, get an opportunity, becomes clear to everyone that he has to be the starter. He's been all the better for it, I think, and I think the same thing is true here for Brandon Miller. That'll do it. It's Sam Farber joining us for Hornets Media Day I, I at the Spectrum Center. I got one What's more thing. I throw one more thing at you. you can throw I it. heard that you know there was some talk about someone making a projection, and That's I right. thought he was going to strut here into <laughs> Spectrum Center with his hair all out. You know, I thought Fitty was going to show up and say, "Hey, I, I feel good about my projection." Calling you out Fitty. to be what was it, thirty-five wins? So, so the the argument was that. We would have 10 more wins than last season here uh -huh. with Charlotte because of what Coach Borrego was able to do the yeah. first stint, going from 10 wins, you know, increasing the win total by 10 wins a couple of times. Could you see that with the Hornets? I said yes. Fitty said no this year. So if he loses, then he has to shave his head and cover it in peanut butter for a show. Okay, part it, of that is a change now for me because I thought this is a horrendous bet. One, no faith in <laughs> no. the local team. Mm -hmm. But secondly, for everything that went wrong last year, injuries, yeah. absences, it could not have been worse mm -hmm. for the Charlotte Hornets. They still managed to right. dye Willie P's hair blue. <laughs> so why you would make <laughs> That's a, a good bet. point. He could have said, I will dunk myself up to my chin in mm -hmm. peanut butter. I'd say, all right, at least you didn't mess with the hair. But now he's going to have to shave his head and... It, 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 thank goodness he is, because or else he'd never get the peanut butter out of that. <laughs> for, for some reason, we keep going to the hair bets. Yeah, Willie P it's did. A bad bet. Well, I mean, apparently there is precedent now for the Hornets having changed somebody's hairdo, and that was Willie having to dye his Almost hair blue. Almost did it for his wedding. That's true. Oh yes, we <laughs> wanted it to happen so badly. All right, so Sam Farber throwing some shots Fitty's way. Hopefully, hopefully I win that bet, and Fitty does have to cover his bald head <laughs> with some peanut butter. Spectrum Center live for Hornets uh, Media Day. That's the play-by-play. Play announcer Sam Farber joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Sam, we appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys. Going to be a great you, season. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right, man. Looking forward to talking with him as the season goes on. And Wes, why don't you take us out? And uh, I guess we'll talk about some college football. Yeah, when we break. come back, man. Just breaking news. I know Fitty might not be able to play the sounder, but we got some breaking news coming out of Raleigh when we come back as we hit the campus oh, on WFNZ Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.